Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, let's get things going on a little Flames Talk post-game show as the Flames take a 4-3 victory over the Buffalo Sabres on the road at Key Bank Center tonight as we are underway on Flames Talk post-game. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll uh, head back to Key Bank Center in Buffalo, get some post-game reaction live. We'll uh, hear from head coach Ryan Huska and a whole lot more. So stay with us, Steinberg, along with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills here on our Flames Talk post-game show as well. And uh, Mick, a game where the Flames never trailed. Uh, they stuck with it all night, and they come away with a big two points. They needed that, and uh, this time they score a couple of timely third-period goals to make sure they come away with two points. Well, they had a solid start again as well. I think that's something that, you know, this team, they can really start to build that into their identity is making sure that they're going to be known as a team that right out of the gates, that they come out hard, that they play a really solid game off the start. thought they made some, some good adjustments um, in terms of staying out of the box. <laughs> they, were, they were in the box a little bit too much in the first period. Second period was sloppy perimeter play, uh, but they got stronger as that period went on. And I think from about the midpoint of that period throughout the rest of the game, uh, they were really solid. And the difference in the game tonight versus the last two games was their execution in terms of finding offense in the third period. Obviously, that's going to be a focus of this team moving forward in that there's nobody that really jumps out as being the guy you know the guy that's gonna score that big goal and if they're gonna be a team that it's offense by committee that's something that they brought tonight Wilsey pointed out there was 12 players uh, with points in this game so uh, if it's gonna be a different guy that steps up every every night or every other night whatever it may be then that's fine just as long as somebody steps up and I think that this is a team that you know they have the ability to do that they have the the, the players that it can be a different guy every night or every other night. Mm-hmm. And this is a win that they really needed. I think Flames fans really needed it as well. Um, and they're trending in the right direction. So a lot of positives. Yeah, I think they're going to have to do it by committee. And yep. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yep. They don't have a generational player. But then again, the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights, you could argue, don't either. Do they have... One or two players who are better than anybody the Flames have? Yeah, probably. I mean, Jack Eichel would be uh, as close to a superstar as you could find on either team. Uh, Some would argue Mark Stone as well. But the Golden Knights are built to be a team who beats you with their depth. They roll four lines. They roll three pairings. doesn't seem to matter who they have in net. Uh, They're going to outlast you on a lot of nights. And I think that's the same way the Flames are built. And you look at how good their fourth line was for most of this game. And that threesome of Yegor Sharangovich in between A.J. Greer, who was a great pickup on waivers last week, and Walker Dewar has been tremendous for this team in the role that they've been given. So you look at how good the fourth line was, you look at how good the third pairing was tonight. We both thought, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way now that you did earlier tonight, but we both thought that their best defense pairing tonight was Dennis Gilbert, playing against the team he grew up cheering for and in his hometown of Buffalo, and Chris Tanev. So their third pairing was arguably their best pairing, and 
That's the depth and the balance they have, right? Yeah. I think their third pairing has been their best pairing the last three games now. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Flames take a 4-3 victory on the road in Buffalo as uh, they improve to 2-1-1 one, and one on the season as our Flames Talk postgame show is underway. We'll get to your phone calls, your texts a little bit later on. Uh, hear from head coach Ryan Huska and a whole lot more. But right now it's Pat Steinberg along with you. And let's head back to uh, Key Bank Center in Buffalo and check in with with Blake Coleman for some post-game reaction after a big win for Calgary. Blake, appreciate the time. Uh, just your thoughts on, on a back-and-forth game and, and how your group stuck with it tonight. Yeah, it was a good game. You know, I think it was uh, the team showed a lot of resilience tonight. I think um, you know every time we seemed to grab some momentum uh, with the goal, they, they responded quick and um, you know kept it tight, but I thought our guys stuck with it. Uh, got some big kills when we needed it. Uh, timely goals, and you know I think... As a whole, we've really been building the last uh, two, three games. It gets better each game, and uh, I definitely thought we deserved to come out with the win. The uh, the third period, especially after Adam puts you back out in front for good. I know they had a little bit of a flurry there uh, right at the end when they had the goalie pulled. But how how'd you like the way the the team locked down when you took your fourth one goal lead and 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 this time didn't let them come back? It was good. I think there was a. A pretty obvious commitment from guys uh, willing to get in the lanes and block some big shots and, um, you know, just bearing down in, in important spots of the ice. Um, we knew they were going to push, and, and they did, but, um, you know, the commitment was there. And, you know, we got we got to learn to win these tight games. We're going to be in a lot of them. And I thought guys, like I said, responded and played well in the third. Is uh, is is that the feel, Blake? That you, you feel like, hey, this is uh, this is going to be a year. You played in a lot of one-goal games last year. That you know you might be in a, a lot of tight games again this year. So you better get used to to being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, you never hope to play in uh, you know a lot of tight games, but the way we're built, I think it's a four-line kind of team and roll them over. And um, you know the way it shakes out, I think we're going to be in a lot of those. And uh, the more comfortable we are up by a goal or down by a goal in the third. Um, obviously, the more it's going to translate to just some wins for us. And, you know, I don't think we were good enough in critical situations last year. And I think, uh, you know, we're starting to take strides in that department. Final thought for us, and, and that's just uh, the goal that you scored. It uh, was a big one. I know it only uh, – I know they, they tied it pretty quickly afterwards. But walk us through that uh, pretty three-way passing play that you finished off early in the third period. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was just a really good – play by Gibby uh, stepping up there in the neutral zone and, and out muscling a guy uh, two or three times uh, to win that puck and then kind of jumpstart the rush and you know he gave it to, to Maddie and um, <laughs> I'm pretty used to Maddie teeing that one up from that spot of the ice but uh, you know really good poise from a young guy and um, I didn't have much much part in it other than just making sure I got it up and on net and um, you know thanks they went in and didn't get it through. Appreciate the time, Blake. Congratulations on the win, and good luck tomorrow in Columbus, hey? Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. There's a Blake Coleman postgame following a 4-3 Flames win on the road in Buffalo. Flames improved to 2-1-1 one, and one on the year, and Blake Coleman scoring a big goal in this game. Now, it only put the Flames up by one for 82 seconds, but uh, then 91 seconds after that, Flames went back out in front for good on the Adam Ruzicka game winner. And you know, uh, it's uh, Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson. My name Pat Steinberg. This is Flames Talk postgame on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast phone line. 
lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open as well, 960-960. But, Derek, I, I think one of the things we would have been talking about had this gone the other way is, uh, oh, they did a lot of good things, but they didn't get the result. I, I think the fact they did get the result is is important here because they, they finish off with a big-time lead again in high dangers. They were 17-8 Calgary overall, and uh, they held uh, Buffalo to just six at five-on-five with a 10-6 edge there. Like, I think we would have been coming away saying, geez, they did a lot of good things, but they couldn't hold leads, and eventually it got away from them. Tonight it didn't get away from them, and I think that's big. I think it's huge because what do we talk about on the Daily Calgary Flames roundtable a couple of days ago after another game where the Flames outshot, outchanced, and outplayed their opponent but didn't outscore them? I mean, that was the theme of last season. And your question to kick off our roundtable a couple of days ago, Pat, was are we worried about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, obviously it was one of the big reasons why they didn't get into the playoffs last year. And, and my answer to that question was no. We're three games in. I think they're trending in the right direction. I actually thought they were better in their two losses than they were in their one win prior to tonight. But ultimately, the results are the most important thing. The process is important because generally, if the process is good, the result will be as well. But in the last couple of games, even though I think you could argue the Flames were better than the Penguins last Saturday and better than the Capitals on Monday, they didn't win. Tonight, they were better than the Sabres, and they won. And I think it's important to, to build some belief early in the season because the coaches are trying to convince these guys to play a certain way. And when the coach is barking in your ear, do this, do that, and you go do this and do that, and you don't get the right result, sometimes you stop listening. Um, so the fact that uh, this team has been trending in the right direction for the last few games and uh, got the result they wanted tonight I think is very important and maybe it'll kind of kill that whole narrative of oh, this is the same team we watched for 82 yeah. last season well, they're working so hard to change that narrative. Yeah. You can tell just in the way that they talk in the media, listening to Ryan Huska and saying, we're not thinking about the past. We're thinking about what's right in front of us. And if you think about, you know, the talking about the process and yes, the process of the last two games, they didn't get the result, you know, probably that they deserved. But I think in looking at the process of the season and that you look at the type of game that they played in game one and then the type of game that they played in Buffalo tonight and in terms of that process and learning from, you know, what you take away from those first couple of games, definitely moving in the right direction. And, you know, I said it earlier that this was their best game for sure Mm -hmm. um, of the season. So something that they can definitely build off of and something that will give them confidence moving forward as well, like Blake Coleman said, and knowing that in different situations in a game, and that's huge to have that confidence as a team is can you play up a goal, down a goal in all different situations and know that regardless of the score that you can get the results that you want. Our marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota, Mick, was uh, Dan Vladar's first start. I thought he looked really shaky in the first period. I thought both goaltenders did in the first. And then as the game went along, I thought one stopped looking shaky and the other didn't. Uh, I I don't think at any point Devin Levi uh, lost the jitters, but I thought Dan Vladar really settled in and didn't allow a goal in the second. The Paterka goal was from the slot, and and, I picked his spot really nicely. But I I thought at 4-3 especially, he had to make some of his best saves of the game. So I I, I did not love Ladar's start, but I thought that he really settled into this one tonight. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at coming into this game in terms of what they were looking for him to accomplish was – 
giving the the team a chance to win and making the timely saves at key points in the game that would keep them in it and give them a chance to win. And he did exactly that. And we have to remember this is his first game of the season. So taking the first period to just settle in and really making sure that he feels comfortable. The other guys have had three games to do that. So if it only took him, you know, less than 20 minutes, then that's a good sign. And that's what you want from your backup goaltender to be able to come in, give your team a chance to win. And he did just that. Yeah, I thought he looked uh, unsettled in the first period. Mm-hmm. But Pat, to your point, Devin Levi looked that way the whole, whole night. night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really bad in the first, a little bit better in the second, third, I guess. But, you know, Dan Vladar, he got bailed out by his teammates tonight, and that's okay because uh, sometimes the goaltender will bail out the forwards and the defensemen, and on other nights the forwards and the defensemen will bail out their goaltender. But I did I did think he got stronger as the game went on. So that's uh, a positive for Dan Vladar, who I think has established himself as a good number two goaltender in this league. And I think the next step for him, as we talked about on the Daily Calgary Flames roundtable today, is to try to push for more starts and to show the Flames or maybe another NHL team with Dustin Wolf waiting in the wings that, hey, I'm a number two right now, but at 26, there's still lots of upside, still Mm -hmm. lots of room for growth, and you'd like to see him start to look like a guy who you you bring into that conversation, can he be a number one here or somewhere else? So, you know, for Dan Vladar, I think a good jumping off point tonight, and uh, the most important thing is he did enough to help his team pick up two important points. Stay tuned. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, said, I was just yeah. going to ask, in terms of the forwards and the D bailing him out, do you mean in, like block shots wise? No, just by scoring four goals. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. this is a Flames team that I think is going to have to win a lot of 3-2 type games. Yeah. Uh, I think if they can hold their opponent to two, which they did versus the Capitals on Monday and still lost 3-2 in a shootout. That's kind of the recipe for success. I just don't know if, if they're going to win a lot of high-scoring games. So if the goalie gives up three, I don't love their chances. But tonight they gave up three and scored four. So yeah. I would say that uh, that's that's how they bailed them out, in my opinion. Yeah, they also had some – th- you saying that reminded me they had some big block shots oh, yeah. at the end as well. So yeah, another plus. Yeah, yeah, Huberto had a big one as well. Yeah, that's right. He had to yeah. go to the bench after that yeah. icing and couldn't uh, – he was allowed to go to the bench after that icing. Uh, stay tuned for head coach Ryan Huska. We'll hear from him very shortly. His postgame thoughts following a 4-3 Flames win on the road in Buffalo. Right now, hardest working flame brought to you by – Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Megan Mickelson on the clock for the hardest working flame tonight. I'm going to give this one to Dennis Gilbert. Not because Buffalo's his hometown or any of that. He just had a really solid game and he's so good at sticking to his strengths and doing the things that he knows that he's good at and he's starting to do it on a regular basis he's doing it with confidence and that's exactly what the team needs from him is to to play solid to play simple hockey and to be physical Mm -hmm. and then the play that he made on Blake Coleman's goal as well I mean he did he did all of the things on on that play he had a hit at the blue line he took the puck away and then got up the ice made a simple pass to the middle of the ice and puck ends up in the back of the net so Dennis Gilbert to me has really stood out the last three games since he's come in and has established himself as a really solid if we have to call him six defensemen yeah Pat can I offer an honorable mention sure because when I was trying to pick my own three stars 
I had this guy on my list even though he didn't have a point and still doesn't have a point this season. But I thought he was a beast tonight. So he had a game-high six shots and nine attempts. He had a game-high four takeaways. He won 64% of his face-offs. I thought Michael Backlund was fantastic tonight. I know he didn't get rewarded with a point, Mm -hmm. but I I just thought he was driving that line, and he he just was relentless in this game against the Sabres, in my opinion. I don't know if you have analytics to back that up, Pat, but I just loved him tonight. Uh, he, I thought he had a really strong game. And, and uh, Dennis Gilbert, by the way, is is uh, not going to be coming out of the lineup uh, tomorrow night. I think you can probably book him staying in because Jordan Osterley got in game one, but Dennis Gilbert, after Osterley struggled last Wednesday, Gilbert has uh, taken that spot, and he's doing his best to keep himself in there. So, yeah, strong game from Michael Backlund, strong game from Dennis Gilbert, uh, and Gilbert ends up being the hardest-working flame tonight, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com as uh, we move uh, closer to your phone calls and your texts and just a couple minutes away from head coach Ryan Huska. Let's get some final thoughts from our broadcast crew, starting with Megan Mickelson on on this Thursday night, Mick. Yeah, a resilient character win by this team and their best game so far of the season. Really liked that fourth line again. I thought that they were key in terms of keeping the energy up and and keeping the momentum. Jonathan Huberto had a great game. Dennis Gilbert and Chris Tanev I thought were absolutely solid. But just in terms of finding a way to win and executing and putting the puck in the back of the net when they needed to, um, a step in the right direction, progress for this team in terms of playing the type of hockey that they want to play, but also in terms of changing the narrative that I'm sure we're probably all getting tired of talking about and tired of hearing um, is that this team wants to be one that is known for finding ways to win hockey games. And that's what we saw tonight. I know the final score was 4-3, but it didn't look like a 4-3 game to me. I thought the Flames were the better of the two teams by a significant margin tonight. And I know Devin Levi struggled at one end, but I thought Dan Vladar struggled early at the other end as well. And I think there are probably a couple of goals that he'd like to have back tonight. But I thought the Flames just did a really good job against a highly skilled Sabres team, especially against that top line that scored, as I mentioned a couple of times, 118 goals between them last year, just making life miserable, taking away time, taking away space. And I think the Flames played a a really solid road game tonight. Uh, Good to see them get rewarded for their hard work uh, on this road trip as they are now, what, 1-1-1 on this season? season-long five-game, 10-day trip, and uh, uh, another step in the right direction. I I like where this team is trending. Mm -hmm. I I really do. I think they're off to a good start on this road trip, and we'll see if they can keep it going against uh, Johnny Gaudreau and the Blue Jackets in Columbus tomorrow. Uh, Have a good rest of your Thursday. Thanks, friends. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Derek Megan signing off 4-3, your final score. Calgary beats Buffalo on this Thursday night. Game one of uh, the first back-to-back set of the season for the Flames. They're into Columbus Friday night to take on the Blue Jackets for another 5 o'clock start. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska following a 4-3 Flames win on the road in Buffalo tonight. 
um, to see, you know, some, I talked a little bit in the room, but just they had an answer, it seemed like, the first three times, but to see how your group hung in there, what did it say about your uh, your team right now? Um, oh, it was a good road game again for us. I thought it was similar to the way we played in Washington, which is a nice sign for us, but we were able to keep it up um, and found a way to win. And I, I think after they scored to, to even it up, scoring quickly after that, the way we did it was a big thing for our team for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe just that shift that leads to that game-winning goal, and maybe you know, I think it was highlighted by Adam about the work that Dylan had along the wall there. In the yeah, puck. well, that's that was, uh, I think, part of our issue earlier in the game where we weren't kind of staying in the fight, if you want to call it that, or one-on-one play at times. Um, but that was an example of a guy staying with it, so he competed hard on the wall, ended up winning a puck, and then it was a, um, a nice quick release that I, I'm guessing the goalie probably wasn't ready for. Rizicka moving to the first power play unit, something you've been thinking about for a while? or I, You know what, I, I think it, there was a few games back where we didn't feel like we had enough size or net presence, and Adam's a big man that is willing to go there. So um, when you, you add that with the skill and the package that he has, um, we thought we'd give him a shot, and hopefully it's something that we can try to develop into something because we need, we need that power play to be dangerous all the time and having a net front present. That is a big man. Is a it's a plus for sure. And you've talked about the need to have him scoring and, and helping in the top six. Does this has he earned? Did he earn that promotion, or is this something you're hoping will work? No, I think at this point he has. I mean, when you look at his body of work to start with, um, I, if he's not a point a game, I know he's just under it. Um, and I feel like he's skating right now more so than we've seen consistently in the past. So that's something that we want to keep seeing from him because he helps our team when he plays this way. We know what the last two goals being set up by turnovers. You know, especially Gibby, what he did. Yeah. You know, I mean, just the importance of creating those turnovers and, and getting and, and capitalizing. Yeah, I think it's both ways. I mean, we're still our team is still guilty of being sloppy with the puck numerous times. Uh, that's an area that we have to work to get better at for sure. Um, and oftentimes early in the season, a lot of times goals are scored off turnovers, off rush plays, and that was a good example of it. You, you talked uh, this morning about what the last couple of days have looked like for Dan um, to get in there and battle tonight. What did you get out of him? Uh, I thought he got better as the night went on. Um, third period was his best period by far, and it's probably because he hasn't seen game action for a bit. He was coming off uh, a boat of not feeling very well. So I, as I mentioned, I thought he, his game got better as it went on. How big is it for him? He talked about how much the win means just to kind of, you know, as you said, it's been a little while since he got in there, but how much can that do for him moving forward? A lot. I mean, we've talked a lot about our goaltenders that um, there's a lot of trust in both of them to not just win games, but to be able to steal games. And um, you always want to be leaving the ring feeling like you contributed to something. And when you're a goaltender, that typically is a win and making a key save at the right time. And he made some of those for us in the third period. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska post-game following a 4-3 Flames win on the road in Buffalo. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota as uh, we are underway on your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, give us a call, 403-240-4444. Fire us a text, 960-960, as uh, we've got your phone calls and texts coming up in just a couple of minutes. We're available on Apple. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll uh, get to your phone calls and your texts next. 4-3 final score. Flames have their first win on this road trip. This is your Flames Talk postgame show, and this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 
The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Following a Flames 4-3 win on the road in Buffalo, our Flames Talk post-game show continues. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, we are well underway. Give us a call, 403-240-4444. Fire us a text at 960-960. We'll head back inside the Flames locker room in just a second. But uh, right now, it's time for the save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes, Dan Vladar got the start in net, his first start of the season, picks up his first win of the season, and uh, Dan Vladar's save of the game came in period number three. Skinner loses it as he skates right into a loose stick, comes back to the left point, tuck a shot, tipped by Thompson, and stopped by Vladar. That's a timely save from the Flames goaltender. That ends up being one of the 24 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and that is his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And I thought it was a shaky start for Dan Vladar, and uh, I thought the first two goals that went in on him probably would have liked to have back. I mean, the Thompson one's a little tough to say, but definitely the uh, the jo- the uh, Eric Johnson goal you probably would have liked to have back if you're uh, Dan Vladar. So I thought he looked shaky in the first period and then settled in from there. I thought his second and third periods were pretty strong. So you know, first start of the season, you can usually give a little bit of a uh, benefit of the doubt on a shaky start, but uh, good to see him settle in. When it's all said and done, he makes 24 on 27. Let's hear from Dan Vladar. He has his first win of the season. He spoke post game in Buffalo. Let's just start with um, kind of the way that your group responded here tonight. Uh, I know there was some momentum swings, but how did it feel uh, from your vantage point? I mean, obviously from my end, you know, tough start. I didn't play for a while. Kind of, I was, just, you know, just battling through first period and second period went on, and I just started feeling better and better. And you know, I'm happy that guys were there for me and they were blocking shots and a great result. Obviously, you know, first first win of the road trip, and we just got to keep this going. Maybe take me through a little bit of the last few days for you. I know that uh, you know could have seen you in there maybe a couple of days sooner, but how you feel? and what's it been like? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I was, uh, my body was just struggling, you know. I had that flu, and, uh, you know, I wanted to play uh, even, the, even the last game, but, you know, I just I just, I didn't feel it was the best for the team. So, you know, I had to battle through, and uh, I had two days two days to recover, and uh, I did everything I could to, to be ready today, and so hopefully I, I, did, I did everything, yeah. yeah. How comfortable were you in there those first couple goals like the second one it seemed like you were a little off balance did you overplay it or what happened on that goal uh, on that goal obviously I gotta have that but you know I thought he was gonna one time it right away yeah. and then he caught it and I kind of got him you know I was overthinking that situation you know I thought and he that he was gonna go high glove but he didn't you know so it looked awkward and obviously not happy with that goal but as I said guys battled through and uh, they were helping me a lot blocking shots clearing clearing the parts that uh you know that uh I, if, you know, if I had a rebound they were just cleaning and putting it in a corner so as I said, great team effort, and I'm super happy. And we just got to keep this going. And there's not a better thing than winning in Columbus tomorrow. How important is it to get a win, you know, in your first starter early in the season for your confidence? It's huge, right? Like I didn't play for a while, and after that first period when I didn't have a lot of shots, you know, two two rough goals, I just had to battle through. And I'm I'm, I'm happy that that guys helped me out too. So as I said, just got to keep this going, and you know, good win for us. Congrats. Congrats. 
There you go. That is Dan Vladar postgame on the road in Buffalo. He picks up his first win of the season, making 24 stops and a 4-3 Flames win over the Buffalo Sabres. Hey, I thought I, I, I liked a lot of what Calgary did today. I thought they were the better team. Um, they uh, there, there were some slop fest sections of this game tonight, but for the most part, I thought that they controlled the vast majority of this hockey game. When it's all said and done, the Flames were a 58% possession team, final five on five. Shot attempts were 47-34. Final high danger scoring chances were 17-8 Calgary, including 10-6 at 5-on-5. Some really strong individual performances. You know, another really solid night for the number four line with Greer, Rizicka, sorry, Greer, um, Dewar and Sharon Govich. They had themselves a really strong outing. The backland line was all over the offensive zone tonight. I know Megan talked a lot about the Gilbert-Tanev pairing. They were really strong, I thought. Spent a lot of time on the attack tonight. Uh, so the, lots of good things from the Flames in this one tonight. And the play of Dan Vladar was pretty solid, especially as the game went along. Let's get to the text line for the first time at 960-960. What do you got to say on there? Plus the phone lines are open as well. We'll get to them shortly too. Uh, uh, this from Greg in Varsity he says, how dare Huberto score in the first minute and get no points in the remaining 59 minutes? That's sarcasm because he did it in the one capital, one small letter format. Uh, also, I'd start Markstrom Friday, Vladar Sunday, and Markstrom to start at home Tuesday. We'll see what they do with their goaltending. I, I wonder if they might think about doing something like that. Obviously, Markstrom will start Friday against the uh, Blue Jackets. I'm curious what they do with a shorter turnaround going into the uh, earlier game against Detroit on Sunday. Um this says from Sam, Pat, I like how the team stayed with it tonight, regardless of coughing up the lead on three occasions. Love the fourth line so far. Hard on the puck and keeping the opposing team hemmed in the offensive zone. They do need the power play to click on a higher percentage this season. Who would be your ideal power play one and power play two combos? Well, I think we know four of the five on power play one. You know it's going to be Anderson at the point, and then Huberdeau, Kadri, and Lindholm will all be on power play one, and I think they should all be on power play one. It'll be interesting. I still think Coronado is the guy that makes the most sense there, and I'd like to see him continue there. Now, he hasn't been there the last two games. He wasn't there on Monday. Uh, Manjapani was up there on Monday, and he wasn't there tonight as Rizicko was up on the power play one tonight. I still think Coronado's the best fit there, but I think they're trying some different things right now, um, and I think they're trying some different looks. So, Power play one determines what power play two will look like because one of the guys who's not on power play one would then move to power play two. Uh, but I, I like Coronado with the main four on PP1. We'll see if they end up going back there. Um, I know they like Ruzicka's big body, though, and his ability to, to maybe use that body uh, to create some opportunities in front of the net. So I, I understand why they gave him a try there. Uh, he spent all night on power play one. So I, I'm, I'm curious what they do for the game against Columbus. They did end up going 0 for 5. First game this year, they do not score a power play goal. So we'll see what they do for the game. Uh, I think, so to answer the question, long story short, I'll give you at least the power play one answer. 
Anderson to the point, Huberdeau, Kadri, Lindholm, Coronado. That's my ideal power play one, and then power play two kind of adjusts from there. Kevin writes, I think the Flames should keep Vladar and take a chance with him and Wolf. Vladar is a solid goaltender that deserves the chance, and Wolf's a winner. Trading Markstrom will provide the Flames a good return as there are teams in need. Six million in and out should be doable and could be a hockey trade. That's from Kevin. I, Kevin, I, I just, A, Jacob Markstrom is the number one goaltender on this team. I, I Vladar was an 895 last year. I'm not, and I'm not suggesting Markstrom was great last year either. But Markstrom had five years prior to that where he was a 912 goalie and a year where he was the Vesna Trophy runner-up. Um, so that would be number one. Number two, he's got a no movement clause, so he can block anything. Number three. I still think trading $6 million is tough to do in this NHL economy right now. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that are uh, giving up a ton for a $6 million goaltender right now. And and Markstrom still hasn't built back enough equity where you're going to get a good return. So I, I disagree, Kevin. I think what they're doing right now um, is is understandable. And if they're going to trade one, if it were me, I, I'd be looking to move Ladar. So I, I don't I – don't, buy the trade Markstrom stuff. I don't think they should. I, I think that you aren't going to get a ton in return, especially right now. And I just don't think Vladar is proven enough unless they're going to go rebuild. But that's not what the, the way they're going right now. If they're going to rebuild, then sure, it's a different conversation. But they're still trying to be a competitive hockey team. And and I, I just, for me, I wouldn't go down that road. This from Jeff in Lethbridge. Sharon Govich had his best game as a flame. Huberto was also good. Really tired hearing the negativity surrounding him. Let last year be a throwaway year and stop focusing on the salary. Yeah, I thought another, that's, that's a third straight really dynamic game for Jonathan Huberto. I thought he was good. He's got four points in four games. Um... Yeah, I, I, I really like what we're seeing right now from Jonathan Huberdeau. Again, I still think there's more. If you listen to uh, our pregame show, Kale McLean talking about how he hasn't broken out yet, and I agree, but the more positive steps taken and the more positive, encouraging games strung together, the better when it comes to a guy needing a bounce back like Huberdeau. So I thought he had a really strong, dynamic game once again. Will in BC says today, uh, very nice to get a win. I thought Vladar looked a bit nervous early but that's to be expected. thought the fourth line was excellent, and I think Greer's turning out to be a great wave, waiver pickup. Do you agree? As far as Markstrom goes, I've heard complaints he's under 900, but I really don't think it's like last year. In two of his games, he was over 900, which is what the Flames need from him. I've liked what I've seen from Markstrom so far. Four games in, no complaints from me about goaltending. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the one game sunk him when it comes to the three-game save percentage. I think he's given the chance, uh, the team a chance to win every night. Even the night that he uh, did allow the four goals against Pittsburgh, I thought he was really strong um, and had to be really sharp in the first 40 minutes of play. I agree with you that, that Vladar looked shaky early on, and yeah, I think Greer's been a beast. And again, that line was all over it tonight, and Greer was a big part of it. Dewar scores the goal. Like, th- that line continually pounds the opposition. Uh, they played seven minutes and 25 seconds together at five on five tonight. They were a 62.5% possession line on 10-6, five on five shot attempts, four versus against. And they were out there for six high danger scoring chances, four against three against. Like that line is continually, right now through the first week and a bit of, a se- of the season, that's the best for 
fourth line in the NHL, or one, sorry, one of the best fourth lines in the NHL with what they've done so far. Now, that's four games in and three games in for some, but what they're doing consistently every night has been really, really impressive, and Greer's been a big part of it. Sharon Govich has too, and obviously Dewar, who scored tonight, and all he does is go and give you consistent hockey. So, yeah, Greer has looked like an outstanding pickup so far. This from Ash. Great to see all four lines score tonight. The Flames definitely showed their depth. My three thoughts. Uyghur's been invisible since the first game of the season. Two, Vladar had an odd game. His rebound control was excellent, but the first two goals were iffy. Three, Gilbert and Sharon Govich were absolute beasts tonight. Easily their best games of the season. Uh, yeah, I did not I did not love Uyghur tonight. Uh, and that pairing with him and Zadorov, I did not love tonight. I don't know if he's been invisible for me otherwise, but tonight I didn't love it. Uh, agree on Vladar. And, yeah, I thought Gilbert had a great game. I thought Sharon Govich was really strong. So, yeah, absolutely, Ash, on board with that. Uh, Dylan in Revelstoke says, some positives and negatives tonight. That fourth line looked absolutely stellar, and Ruzichka on power play one in front of the net will pay dividends if it stays that way. He looked great. Hopefully can keep it up. Kadri needs to be on power play two and replace with Coronado. Speaking of Kadri, he's been by far the worst player on the team since halfway through last season. Insanely selfish, refuses to make a five-on-five play offensively, just uh, tries to dangle and take a long-range shot and gets hit, causing a giveaway. I never liked the signing, but it's proven to be much worse than I ever imagined. Um, hopefully... The point that he picked up, his first point of the season, could can can help him get going. I thought he was a little better tonight, actually. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I thought there was a little bit more from Kadri in this game tonight. Still not where you want him to be, I don't think. But I thought there was a little bit more oomph in his game. This says, Pat, I thought they played a really good game tonight. Refreshing to see a fourth line with pace and skill. They were absolutely immense. Vladar looked shaky in the first, but grew into the game and overall. I think he had a decent night. Honorable mention to Gilbert, who I thought had a brilliant game. Here's hoping he can generate some momentum off this satisfying road win. Here's hoping they can generate some momentum, rather. And by the way, can they play every game in Buffalo for Dennis Gilbert? Because he always plays well there, apparently, as a member of the opposing team. Um, this says, Pat, feel like the most positive thing I found tonight is every time there was adversity, they didn't buckle. Huberto's looking good. Sharon Govich in that fourth line looked great. I see the progression each game in this team. Trust in Husk, we must. My hot take is that Coronado's going to have a career season this year. That's a super, I, that, that is flaming hot. Uh, can't go wrong there. Anyway, I don't always get to hear the show live, so I can't text in often, but got to tonight. That's Alex in Ottawa, a fan since the summer of 03. There you go. Uh, that's the text line at 960-960. We'll jump back in there very shortly. Uh, it's your Flames Talk postgame show. Pat Steinberg along with you following a 4-3 Flames win in Buffalo. Text line open, 960-960. And the phone lines, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Let's get to the phone lines and kick it off tonight by saying hello to Neil. Neil, you're kicking us off on Flames Talk postgame tonight. What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. This was a good game. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, it's good to hear. Um, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the game. Uh, I I don't mind seeing. I think a lot of people get focused on bad goals and whatever. There's defensive breakdowns that happen to every team. Um, there's also times I did text in last game where uh, even the best goalies will let in uh, a bad goal every once in a while. And it's more about what the team does in front of them uh, to kind of counteract that going forward after the bad goal. 
I think, so that the goalie can kind of get his confidence back quick. And I think Vladar actually did kind of a little bit of that tonight because he did have a couple of, uh, I mean, stinkers, I guess. But uh, he did settle down and he, he got back into the way I, I think the system works with uh, the zone defense. Now, this is my question I have for you, Pat. Mm-hmm. Do you think the way that the the zone defense uh, like has changed the way we play um, like more towards the puck than uh, towards uh, specific players? Uh, is corollary to the way that we've transitioned into the offensive zone. What do you mean? Like, does it correlate like to how how we've had more success uh, with supporting each other in our own positions instead of kind of like one guy going for the puck, uh, playing the man on man? Right. I think right. it translates okay. Okay. directly into the offensive zone. Okay. Um, I think I think it's getting there. It certainly didn't on Wednesday, um, but I think it's we're seeing more of that for sure. Um, and I think that it is helping them exit the zone with more uh, with more speed and a little bit more dangerously. Um, it, it helps them get on the rush a little bit quicker, and then they can start to generate some offense a little bit more effectively. I think is the goal, and I think we're seeing that a little bit. Uh, but it also leads to a little bit more time in their own zone, uh, although that hasn't been an issue. In any of the last three games, there haven't been a lot of stretches where they've been hemmed in, but I think um, theoretically it could lead to more time in their own zone. And also because they are still learning and because they are still figuring things out, um, there's been a few, not so much tonight, but there have been a few yeah. instances where because of their, because of the adjustments and things like that, they are, you know, they've, they've made some uncharacteristic mistakes. Not even out of place, but just, but, you know, guys throwing to pucks to zones where nobody's there and those types of things. So I think that that is yeah. going to get cleaned up as the year goes along. And, yeah, in theory, I think that it could help them transition to offense and should help them transition to offense a little bit quicker. Well, and I, I also kind of noticed, like, on that Coleman goal that it, I think it was directly related to our, like, zone structure, um, that they were all kind of, like, in a triangle in separate parts of uh, the offensive zone there, and that really is what spread apart the goalie and didn't give him a chance to get over to that shot that Coleman made. Uh, yeah, it could. I mean, that was just, that was a really nice turnover force by Gilbert and yeah, they spaced well coming in on the attack for sure. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, is that Coronado, uh, instead of shooting it was, was able to be a little deceptive and moved it over to Coleman who rifled it in for the, uh, three, two goal. So, uh, that was, wish he shot, that, but that was a really good step up by fantasy. Gilbert. What's that? <laughs> I said I kind of wish Coronado shot because I got him in fantasy, but he did get an at least he got a primary that, assist. So. Still, it still counts. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very, very nice. Also, I just want to say I think that puck was in. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess like I hear, I hear on the TV broadcast, Kelly is saying that their TVs aren't that great. I'm wondering if the NHL uses the same TVs that Kelly's looking at because uh, to me it looked like it was in. It was definitely I mean, not. Am, from I anything am, that I, I saw, it was definitely not conclusive. There was nothing that showed it was in. Fair enough. Um, it, you know, probably physics-wise, what I understand about physics, it, my guess would be it probably was in, but I couldn't say 100% for sure I could sure have swore I saw a little bit of white between the puck and the goal line, but, I mean, who's, who's to say? I mean, those guys do it professionally, but at the same time, it just always seems to happen to us that Dude, they won the get... hockey game. Like I know, I know, I know. There's nothing to focus on. All right, that's all I got to say tonight, Pat. Have have yourself a great night, man. Good to hear from you, Neil. Be well, man. Take care.
Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 4-3 win on the road in Buffalo. Next up, George is with us. What's going on, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Good to hear, my friend. So I got a quick, uh, couple of quick rapid-fire questions for you. The first one, and pretty simple to you, the first one is, what have you thought of Ruzicka through the four games so far? Good. Yep, been solid, I think. Okay. What have you thought of Sharon Kovich so far? Uh, really, I've really liked him since he's been moved onto that line with Greer and Dewar. Okay. And then what have you thought of Dennis Gilbert so far? Tonight, really strong. Prior to that, fine. Like, not, not hurting them, not necessarily helping them in a huge way, but not hurting them. So the first two games, fine. Tonight, really good. And finally, what have you thought of Blake Coleman so far through four games? Um, thought he was really good tonight, and uh, a little, a little, uh, always strong in the penalty kill, and then yeah, maybe not as impactful as he needed to be in the first two or three games. But tonight, I thought he was outstanding. Okay, good stuff. Uh, back to Dennis Gilbert, real quick. I think since he's come into the lineup, he's been really solid and. Uh, you know, I think right now, like, he's – I guess it's not fair to say because Osterley did struggle in one game. But uh, right now he's a de facto number six guy, and I think he's doing a really good job. And actually, I think he's a really good fit with Tanev. Now, in saying that, anybody's a good fit with Tanev. Let's be honest. Anybody who plays with Tanev usually succeeds or is better. Yeah, I just I, – I, I would like to see and, – and maybe this can be Gilbert – Still just eleven fifty. Um, so, and I know he doesn't play. He doesn't kill penalties, and he's not a power play guy, obviously. But you know, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that number six guy be able to even out the pairing a little bit. Tanev played eighteen eleven again, four fifty nine shorthanded, but still played. Um, you know, two minutes more than Gilbert did at five on five too. So, I would like to see them get to a point where they can get. Um, where they can get the third pairing to be playing a little bit more. But uh, I, I really, I do think that Gilbert was very good tonight. And I don't know if we're going to see that from him on a regular basis, but I thought he was really strong tonight. Right. Now, do you think they structure it that way, that third pairing, because Tanev plays all those extra minutes on the penalty kill? Uh, well, I mean, what do you mean? Like so, you say the basically the third pairing gets the least amount of minutes, obviously, and Tanev's on that quote unquote third pairing if you want to call them that. But obviously, Tanev had seven more minutes of ice time than Gilbert did, but that's due to special teams. Well, tonight it was, but I don't think it's 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 not designed that way necessarily. Right. So then, in that case, obviously Tanev should be playing more than eleven, twelve minutes. I mean. You know the type yeah, of yeah. If there's a game that doesn't too. isn't as heavy on special teams, like there were uh, ten minutes or ten power plays in this game, uh, and the Flames were were killing for five. So if if there's less special teams time, I, I don't. It would be better if you could have a little bit more from your third pairing. That's all I'm saying. Because I think Gilbert yeah, played yeah. around 10 minutes the first two games too. But again, they don't have that guy right now. So for what they're being asked to do, Gilbert has has fit in. He's not coming out of the lineup. I'm, I'm keeping him in all day. Yeah, I agree. Right now, I'm not touching him. I'm not, Right now, it's his spot to lose. 
that's the way I feel about it. It's if if he comes out, it's because he did something to get himself pulled out. I do. I do think that they were, they're going to want to cycle Osterly in. I don't think they want anybody sitting too too long. Um, For sure, yes. And, and I also and, and think that, that matchup dependent. There might be nights where they're like, "Oh, this would be a really good time to put Osterly in." And if Osterly gets in for a string of games, vice versa, I think there could be a time where they're like, "Oh, there, you know, there's a really good chance, or there's a really good matchup to to put Gilbert in." For sure. For sure. But based on play alone right now, Gilbert's got the upper hand. Now you're right; like they should cycle them in and out. Um, Osterley shouldn't be penalized because he did have one bad game. I I have liked them through the preseason and stuff like that. But yeah, right now, like like if you had to put them like uh, who's got the leg up on on ha- on playing that p- particular position more right now? In my opinion, it is Gilbert. But that doesn't mean that Osterley should never see the ice again. Right. Agreed. And yes, I think absolutely right now, uh, leg up goes to Gilbert. Yeah. Well, hey, man, uh, good conversation. You know, it was, uh, was our struggle, but he got his game back, so that's good. And, and the bottom line is they got the two points, and that's what's most important. So uh, I really feel like it's going to be a tough ask, but I really feel like they really need to get four points uh, going, uh, you know, out of this road trip with Columbus and Detroit to make it a successful road trip. If they, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It depends. Like for me, it depends as much how they play on this trip as to what will be successful if the way I deem it in my own head. But yeah, I mean, if they can end up going three, one and one, that'll be a really successful trip for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see. I hope you have a good night, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you, George. Appreciate it, man. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 4-3 win on the road in Buffalo as we say hello to Travis on the Flames Talk uh, Flames Talk post-game phone line. What's up, Trav? Hey, Patty. Good win tonight. Um, sure enjoyed that. A um, couple of things. I think uh, the, some, some positive spots. I think the first line in Huberto Looked pretty good tonight overall. Um, I think Huberto, I know a lot of people have been complaining about him, but I don't see why. If he's a point-per-game player throughout the season and, you know, you know um, does what he does, I think that's all to be expected, really. I don't think he's getting 115, so I think people should lay off him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then, obviously, the fourth line, I think they've just looked awesome to be Like, I've, I've loved the fourth line, too. Yeah, they've been um, they've been they've been the most consistent line in terms of what they're being asked to do. They've been great. Yeah, like I, overall, Sharon Govich, like that was a nice shot in the, the shootout the other night. But overall, like yeah, maybe he hasn't popped so much offensively. Maybe he showed a little bit more today. But overall, I think he's a really good. Like he's really good on the other side of the pocket. For say. sure, and I mean, like, and I know that you look at the salary and you say, and you look at the trade that he was a part of, and um, I, there's there's maybe some expectations that come into it there. Um, but yeah, I, he he definitely hasn't hurt you uh you know in in any way for the flames this this season in the regular season and and you know i i get it you're you're probably wanting and uh looking for a little bit more but i i do think that he is to your point been very solid away from the puck um and and when it comes to defending and and the other side of a two-way game and you're right i think that we saw a little bit more offense from him in this game tonight yeah, I think it's been pretty solid. Um, obviously, the penalty kill's been good, but the power play 
I think that's that's really important to get that going going forward. Um, I mean, they they they, did, I, they had they had a power play goal in three straight games prior to tonight. F- fair enough, uh, fair enough. But I, I I don't know what the percentage is right now. It's early, so we'll find out. But I think for long term success, that's important this season. And yeah, I was nice to see Coleman get one tonight. But I think also you know some of those players like Coleman and Kadri. Yeah, they're not going to score 40 goals, but I think they're important pieces to be contributing throughout the season. Agreed. Um, Kadri, Kadri so far has not looked that great, so we definitely need to get him going because he signed for six more years at $7 million. I know he's 33 or whatever he is, but but he's still a really important piece if this team's going to succeed because we don't have those absolute game changers that can take the game over every night, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Um, tonight you kind of seen a, more of a balanced approach with a little bit of everyone chipping in a bit, and I think that's that's really how the Flames are going to win this year, mm-hmm. is because they don't have that game changer, I guess. Sir. And and um, one more question, I'll let you go, Patty. Um, I feel like we're taking a lot of penalties so far. Do you think that could be from lack of team speed overall? Or do you think that's um, I, I I know you're a big team speed guy, and I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, like yeah. about that. Do I think it was? It's the main reason, from my standpoint, why they have just thinking about the penalties they've taken. Not necessarily, um, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I know you're a big. I know you're big on them being faster, and um, so yeah, I, I I can't I can't sit there and tell you definitively. I think that's the reason why, but I also haven't done a big time deep dive on the penalties they've taken, so I'll defer on that question. Yeah, I guess we'll give it a bit more time. We're only four games in. They're two, one, and one. I think that's a decent start under a new coach. With um, you know, I don't think it's overall disappointing. We uh, played well in all every game almost, and um, you know, we just had a Except couple. Except for opening night, and, man, they've they've played pretty well. Oh. Yeah, like they had a couple of collapses that backfired and they lost. But overall, I think as a fan, I think there's got to be some optimism overall. Positive um, uh, positive from Travis. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, until we're 50 games in and we're out of a playoff spot. Hey, 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 hey. But, but I honestly, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think this team's a playoff team. And um, I think they could, if, if they hit their stride at the right time, I think they could be uh, – be a dangerous team, honestly. So, um, and whether they're whether they're a hundred percent a playoff team, I don't know, but I I definitely think that they'll be a competitive team at worst this year, and I I think they they have it in them to be a playoff team myself. So we'll see how it plays out. Lots of hockey to go. Yeah, Thanks, Pat. Have a good night. Thanks, Trav. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Got a couple of lines open right now. If you want to chat on your Flames Talk post-game show, the text line remains open at 960-960. Lots of time left on your Flames Talk post-game. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. And, of course, live on Sportsnet 960, the fan after every Flames game. Let's say hello to James. What's going on, James? Hey, Pat. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. Vladar uh, did look shaky in the first in the first period, but uh, he did get st- better and stronger as the game did go on. Uh, I, I was a little concerned, like every time we scored, Buffalo scored until we got the lead back, and then we just shut the door. Uh, Ruzicka getting the game winner, 
like he's got four four points in four games. I keep him in the in the lineup. Uh, Rubido oh, yeah. and, and Cadre getting a a point each tonight. That's a good sign. Uh, my only concern is what happened to Rubido at uh, like the back lane to, in the in the uh, breakaway. I think he had one too many. Uh, uh, he thought one too many before he shot. What do you think? Who? Huberto or Backland? Backland. On the breakaway? Uh yes. what the one the one where he put the puck wide? Yeah. Um like I, I, I actually it, thought I actually thought he had the right idea because he opened uh he opened Levi up and he beat him clean, just beat him through the pads and it ended up going it ended up going wide. So I actually thought he had the right idea. I didn't mind that breakaway attempt. Okay, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and that a couple of callers ago, I, I agree with them. Like, with that, that shot, it did look like it did go in, but we we did get the win, which is good. Uh, I just want to know what happened to Huberto in the fifth period when I saw him limping. I'll let you go, and, I, and I'll hear your response. Thanks. Okay, James. Appreciate it. Uh, well, he, he blocked a shot there. Uh, and so that is why uh, that's why he went off the ice. But I, I don't think it's anything serious because we're going to hear from him very shortly post game. Uh, so I don't think it's anything serious. And um, and he stayed on the bench. So um, blocked a shot, and that's why he went off the ice on that icing. He was allowed to leave the ice. Uh, but I, I don't think it's anything serious on, on the Huberto front. Uh, but I guess we'll see tomorrow when the Flames take on Columbus. It didn't feel like it was anything serious from this vantage point. Um, and let's uh, – okay, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the phone lines are open. You've got a couple open right now at 403-240-4444. And the text line remains open at 969-60. Now would be a good time to call if you want to chat on some Flames Talk postgame on this Thursday night. Right now, let's say hello to Anand following a 4-3 win for the Flames in Buffalo. Anand, what's going on? Good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Yeah, uh, I saw the game tonight as well. Uh, yeah, first of all, I predicted that uh, Huberto must come out uh, well tonight, and yeah, he did that exactly 49 seconds in. Uh, so he played well. Uh, Kadri, I have a question about Kadri though. So uh, the power play in between, I think that it was the second period uh, when he got a couple of chances from Huberto uh, passed, but his shot was weak. Yeah, twice. You think? Yeah, twice. Yeah, what do you think his mindset is right now? Uh, anything we should be concerned about or uh, is he out of touch or anything do you know um i mean i i, I don't know what his mindset is I, I know that he has not been um as good as they need him to be i don't think there's any doubt about that they need him to be one of their more impactful offensive players and and he does have his first point so hopefully that's a, a positive step for him but they need him to be one of their more not just sometimes impact makers offensively they need him to be on a regular basis one of their best players offensively and he has not been to this point this year so that needs to that needs to pick up there's zero doubt about that I don't I don't know what his mindset is I just yeah. know that um he has not been as good as they need him to be so far yeah fair enough and my second question would be uh the number of penalties the Calgary Flames uh took do you think they should maybe look into being a little bit more disciplined uh, for the next game onwards or uh, do you think uh, do you think that will be an ongoing concern taking too many penalties down the road 
I, I mean, right now it's a concern for sure. I know it's a concern for the coaching staff. I know it's something that they are uh, they, they would like to see cleaned up. I, I don't know if it'll be something, you know, it's early in the year and penalties are, are there's more penalties called in the early stages of the year. Players and referees change as the year goes along. Uh, it's definitely a concern right now and it's definitely something they're going to need to clean up because uh, they, they are what? I think they were they're now 11 for 12 on the power play, I believe, through the first four games of the season so they've been good but yeah they gotta they gotta take fewer penalties no doubt about it yeah maybe uh, last couple points i'll say uh, i like their penalty kill as well uh, they've been awesome at that uh, not giving away too much goals which i appreciate and maybe last question uh for tomorrow we can maybe expect uh, jacob markstrom to start instead of lada correct yes i would i would expect that yep all right, sounds good, Patty. Thanks so much. Have a good night and talk to you tomorrow. Okay, thanks, Anand. Appreciate it, man. Uh, okay, phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960 following a Flames 4-3 win on the road in Buffalo. Uh, Flames get goals from four different goal scorers. Number of guys get points, a really a, a, a win via depth in this game tonight and a solid game overall for the Flames. Full marks and, and a solid two points that they absolutely needed. Uh, big uh, big night, or, or not even a big night, but strong nights for a lot of different players. One of those players, Jonathan Huberdo, as uh, we head back to... KeyBank Center in Buffalo and uh, hear from Huberto. He opened the scoring 49 seconds in. Let's hear from him post-game after the win over the Sabres. Maybe just full marks here. I mean, guys talked about being able to, you know, see Buffalo respond each time, but the way that you guys hung in there, what did you make of your group here tonight? Yeah, it was you know, a lot of character and it's nice to see, you know, they, they came back and, um, you know, dudes work really hard on, the, on, that, on that goal and, you know, won the battle. So I think that's you know, we saw a lot of character from the guys. It's a big team win, and, you know, it's a, it's a good team on the other side, so we're happy. Are you feeling some momentum, um, you know, over the course of this road trip? I know the results weren't necessarily there early, but maybe this is a product of that? No, I think, yeah, I thought in Washington we worked hard, you know, deserved better. I think here, you know, we, we've done that. You know, they came back, and we didn't think about, you know, negative. I think we, we stuck with it, and uh, it's a huge, you know, team win for us. And now, you know, on the back-to-back, we've got to be ready for tomorrow. What about the way your goals were set up? The last two goals, I think, came off turnovers with you guys creating those turnovers. Talk yeah, it's, it's important. I think, you know, you want a transition. That's what we work on. And I thought tonight, you know, we were good on transition, quick, you know, right back on them. And you said, like, you know, these two goals, that, that, that's how it happened. When you, uh, the way that you started, I mean, your goal specifically, just the way that you guys started, the energy that you had, I think shots were, you know, pretty heavy in favor of you guys early. But to see a little bit of a, you know, payoff early on, how did that help set the stage for your group? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's always good to start like that. So, yeah. I mean, you just got to build build on that. Obviously, you know, I, I think everybody contributed. So that, that's nice to see. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's good to see the character of, of the guys. And, you know, it's fun when you win. Did you think maybe Uyghur had one there from center? Yeah, I thought, I mean, you, it would, that would have been nice. I mean, I was like, uh, we weren't sure if it went in, but there was no you know, conclusive yeah. evidence. So, But, yeah, that would have been a nice goal to get. There you go. That is Adam Rizic, uh, not Adam Rizicka. That is uh, Jonathan Huberdo, uh, post game on the road in Buffalo. He had a goal tonight, and at the end there, talking about Mackenzie Uyghur's shot from center ice that, you know, physics-wise, yeah probably went in um 
but there was no con- it definitely was not conclusive. There is no way they could prove it went in, so I understood why they didn't call it a goal. But yeah, I mean it probably went in. I don't know. I would say like I would I'm seventy percent that it went in. Um so Man, they won the game, and uh, the final score ended up being 4-3. So whether it's 4-3 or 5-3, they, they won the game. So it didn't end up mattering. It, it was a long review, but I, I understand why they didn't call it a goal when it was all said and done. Um, okay, time to select tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And uh, got to go with uh, Derek. Uh, Derek named him kind of as an honorable mention on the hardest working flame a little earlier. And got to go with Michael Backlund because I, I thought, you know, the, the fourth line was on it once again. And uh, a couple of players that were very much in the mix for this from the fourth line. But uh, I thought Michael Backlund's line was on it all night as well. Backlund finished uh, when he was on the ice. The Flames were uh, 66.7 percent possession so the flames had a 16 to ed- a 16 to 8 edge in five on five attempts with backland on the ice 11 four shots uh six three scoring chances including three nothing at high danger uh, and then individually michael backland led the way across the board almost led the team with six shots, led the team with nine shot attempts, led the team with six scoring chances, and he and Yegor Sharangovich led the team with four high-danger scoring chances. Really solid night for Michael Backlund. Uh, He'll be your player with heart tonight. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. 4-3, your final score. Flames beat the Buffalo Sabres in game three of this five-game road trip. First half of a back-to-back. They're into Columbus on Friday. But we're breaking down this win over Buffalo here on your Flames Talk postgame show. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Let's head back inside the Flames locker room. A final look inside the locker room. Adam Ruzicka named your number one star tonight. He scores the game-winning goal in the third period, 91 seconds after the Sabres had tied it. Let's hear from Adam Ruzicka. He's got four points in four games to start the season as he spoke postgame in Buffalo. Well, let's just start with um, yeah. you know your read on on how it all kind of comes out tonight. As, as Blake was talking about, kind of back and forth, but you found a way to get it done. Yeah, I mean, too many penalties, obviously, for in the first period. Uh, but we stuck together and win as a win. I mean, the response after they tied up three three. Um, you know, the way that your line was able to kind of get some offensive zone time there and then finish that off. What did well, you think? He was made a great play on the wall. Just uh, play, hard play, obviously, and Nas found me in the slot, and uh, I was fortunate to win. What are you feeling right now amongst the three of you? Blake just talked a little bit about seeing chemistry throughout all the lines. Yeah. Are you guys feeling that right now? Yeah, I think we played uh, three games together right now, and uh, each and every game is better and better, and uh, we just got to find it every game. Talk a little bit about what they want yeah. from you. Uh, they put you on that top power play unit. That's just yeah. to use your size in the middle. Yeah, well, as you can see, I'm a pretty good boy, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm there to for the goalie not to see the puck and uh, clean up the rebounds and uh, obviously make some plays as well, but you're on the first power play, so you got to make some plays, right? So, yeah, but the majority of the work is uh, my friend and uh, screen goalie. You seem to work tonight. I mean, you got some pretty good chances up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boys found me there. I just got to bury them. You, you had a bad angle on the like, fight. How did turnover happen? How did Nazem get the puck? Was it Nazem who got the puck to you? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, as I said, Duke made a good play on the wall. Uh, Nas passed in the slide, and I just buried down. Yeah, it's, it seemed like a bad angle shot almost. Yeah, well, just gotta put butts in the net, as they say, right? So I just took a chance and, you know, and paid off. 
Do you guys feel like you've been able to build something over here uh, over the course of these three road games and, and maybe see the benefits of that here tonight? Yeah, I think every game we've been a better team. And uh, we just got to keep working on the little details in the game. And uh, I think we're going to be one of the top teams in the league. How about the playmaking from Dennis Gilbert tonight? I mean, it's a real standout moment. Oh, it's his hometown, so he's, he's got to show something in this town. Though. So great, great play by him. And uh, it was a real, great goal. There you go. That is Adam Rizicka. He scores the game winner in this 4-3 Flames win over the Sabres uh, in Buffalo tonight. Steinberg along with you. Flames Talk postgame, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. And uh, next up for the Flames, Friday night in Columbus, game four of this five-game road trip. Uh, The Flames lost at Nationwide Arena against Johnny Gaudreau and the Blue Jackets 3-1 last year. That snapped a six-game point streak on the road in Columbus. Prior to that loss, Flames were 5-0-1 in their last six, so they'll enter Nationwide Arena tomorrow night 5-1-1 in their last seven games there. This road trip wraps up then Sunday in Detroit against the Red Wings. That is a 3 o'clock face-off Calgary time. Flames are back at home on Tuesday night against the New York Rangers. But next up, Friday against Columbus, 5 o'clock face-off. Uh, that game will be on Sportsnet 1 on Friday night. There you go, looking ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. Com. Uh, okay, let's uh, get back to the text line at 960-960. Still have a, a few more phone calls to get to as well. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you very, very shortly. Uh, but here's uh, the latest on the text line at 960-960 as well. Great stuff on the text line tonight, as per usual. Colin writes, Pat wasn't able to watch the last half of the game. How'd they play in the third? Strong. Uh, They played well in the third. It was Buffalo's best period, but I didn't feel like it was a poor period for Calgary. Thought the Flames still played well and and stuck with it, which they did all night. So I thought it was a a strong third period. And then once, so Coleman makes it 3-2, and then 82 seconds later, Paterka ties it. That didn't frustrate him. 91 seconds later, the guy we just heard from, Rizicka, gives them back the lead, and they, they really committed to, to keeping that lead for the rest of the night. So uh, they played well in the third. Uh, this from Tom. Patty, what do you make of Huberto shooting off the wall on the power play? Is this a no trust in the pass or pressure to shoot more? I don't think he's hit the net yet. I want him to shoot, but that's a dead play and easy dump most of the time for the opponent. Uh, I don't mind that he's shooting it more, honestly. I, I don't. Um... He's got plenty of confidence in his passes. The one power play where he set put to like there's, there's a text in there saying that Huberdeau was brutal tonight. I'm like, what are you watching? I know you don't like the guy and you hate the contract. He was one of their best players tonight again. This was a really strong game for Huberdeau, and there were two or three passes on one power play that were from the wall or from the circle. And two of them ended up on Kadri's stick, and he just biffed them. One he healed, and one he tried to one time, and he muffed it. And like, and and that was that was because that just wasn't ready for the pass being as as accurate as it ended up being. So I I think Huberto played well tonight, and I think he was dynamic and impactful offensively again tonight. He's a point-per-game player, and he, I think, is shooting it more, and that is impressive. Um, 
and important. So I don't mind him shooting it more honestly. Now, you know, I, I get what you're saying about him shooting it from the half wall on the power play and that, you know, if he's not going to hit it, sometimes it's off the end boards and an easy clear. But I, I actually, I'm not going to, for all the talk we had last year about this team or this player not shooting it, I'm not going to complain too much when he does. Uh, this says, Pat, great game tonight. Good big win for the Flames, but I think Kadri's disinterested and isn't ready for the season to begin and is not playing well. That's from Miguel. The thing is, like he looked so ready. I remember talking with Derek and Megan on post games during the preseason and saying, geez, you know, Kadri looks dialed in. So he looked like he was ready to start, but I thought he was better tonight. Thought he showed a little more snarl, a little bit more oomph in the game tonight. But yeah, by and large, through four games, 12 periods, just has not been an impressive start from Kadri. They're, they're definitely going to need to get more from him. Uh, this says, love how the team's trending with Ryan Huska. I'm just wondering, though, in your thoughts, how do you think Huska and the team will handle their first losing streak? I know under Sutter it was probably a nightmare. How do you think Huska will be different than Sutter in this situation? Well, I think the... I think there's going to be a consistency in message from Ryan Huska, and we'll see if that ends up being a positive. Because one of the things that Daryl Sutter did, he was always changing the narrative and was always changing the um, was always changing the 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 message, and you know was always trying to keep the players on their toes. I think there'll be a consistency in message from Huska. I think there'll be a a, a positivity there, and and. Um, I think that he will try to, you know, still being critical when you need to be critical on players and, and still, you know, speaking with ice time. But I do think there'll be a consistency in message and, and a more positive approach when they do inevitably hit their first losing streak this year. Uh, this says, Patty, how's it going? I uh, didn't get a chance to watch, but I'm just curious your thoughts on some of the alternate names that ended up on the score sheet. Nice to see some depth scoring. Curious how everything else was looking in your opinion. I heard the last caller talk about less penalties, and you mentioned the Flames are 11 for 12. Is 12 penalties through four games really that concerning? Honestly, just thinking that three per game seems like a fairly typical pace. Uh, first of all, yes, good to see that they got some depth scoring. Huberdeau scored, but also Dewar, Coleman, and Ruzicka scored. So, yes, that is... Um that's good to see, and that's going to be something that helps them as the year goes along and is going to be one of their strengths if they do end up uh, being a playoff team. Uh, as for the penalties, the only thing that's concerning has been the amount that they've taken like in succession. Like So, for instance, tonight they took three in the first period against Pittsburgh, even though they didn't get in, ended up getting burned by it. They took three in the first period. It's, so it's more about uh, how many they're taking close together for me as opposed to how many they're taking in a game. Because you take three in a period or, or three in close succession, and that gets you running around a little bit. It gets you out of your rhythm when it comes to rolling your five-on-five five lines. And so I think that's maybe what's been a little bit more concerning. Uh, this says, is Oliver's contract going against the cap right now? No, it is not. He is on LTIR right now. So Oliver Shillington contract is not counting against the cap or I guess more accurately his salary is counting his cap credit right now for the Flames as they are technically I guess over the cap. Uh, this says Patty what are you thinking about Sharon Govich and do you think he'll get bumped up in the lineup? I personally like him on the PK. He's fast has a long stick and has a good hockey mind. I think he's been great on the PK uh, I think he'll stay on the PK. Right now, him and Coleman are the next forward group over the board. So penalty kill starts. 
Backlund-Lindholm, first PK duo over the boards, second duo, Sharon Govich-Coleman. And uh, as for him getting bumped up in the lineup, I don't know if I would right now. I'm keeping Sharon Govich between Greer and Dewar because that's been a really good line since they've been put together. Yeah, it's a fourth line, but they're working well. I, I really like that. So I would not be making a change on that line as it stands right now. Uh, Alex writes, a couple observation and watching the team. I really like the controlled zone entries. It seems the team rarely dumps the puck into the other team's zone. Not too sure what the analytics say, but it seems the team's getting more quality chances from the slot. When they give up chances, they don't seem egregious. The PK's a beast. I think it's a good environment for the stars to shine. Some positive signs early on in the season. Let's hope they can keep it going. The one thing I do want to comment on is they are getting more high danger chances. They're generating more quality chances this year, and I think that's important. Uh, uh, and they're they're also not giving up a ton of those slot opportunities either. Again, they were 10-6 at 5-on-5 five five and 17-9 overall in this game today. So uh, that, that is good news and uh, something they definitely um, – want to continue this from Greg in Calgary uh, reacting to an earlier text talking about uh, the Flames should think about trading Markstrom he says uh, you spend years trying to find a number one Oilers show what it's like when you don't have one I agree unless you're rebuilding you got to keep Jacob that's from Greg in Calgary as well there you go on the text line at 960 960 Great stuff on the text line on this uh, Thursday night. And now let's get to the phone lines at 403-240-4444. Four more calls to go before we wrap things up on your Flames Talk postgame show on this Thursday night. Let's kick it off by saying hello to Kevin. Kevin, what's going on? Well, I don't know what I like better, seeing the Oilers lose again or the Flames win. But uh, wonderful (laughs) night when uh, both of those things happened. And they did. yeah, I know they did. Love it. Uh, anyway, question or comment. Interesting to take a look at Dustin Wolf and uh, and uh, Levi. Both small goaltenders, same size. A lot of talent. One's a sixth-rounder. One's a seventh-rounder. And I think uh, Levi's 21 and Dustin's 22. Uh, similar type goaltenders, but you can see with Dustin being in the minors for a couple of years, the maturity and, you know, the more, the more confidence and calmness in that. And, uh, you know, I think Levi is going to be a good goalie, but yeah, I don't know that they're doing the kid uh, a lot of good to keep him, you know, having him in the NHL when he needs to be seasoned a little bit down there. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, you might be like, it could very, I, I, I typically tend to subscribe to that line of thinking that, you know, if, if you can, uh, keeping a goaltender in the minors a few years usually helps. And so uh, that's why I'm not super concerned about, I, I don't think Dustin Wolf is thrilled to be in the American league. Like, I, I think he'd like to be in the NHL. I think he would, would like to prove the flames to the flames. That's where he belongs. But, you know, I, I think there's I think there's lots of good to be had when you wait a little bit with goaltenders, and and that's what's happening here. So, um, and look, uh, Levi has struggled so far in his NHL career, and definitely has struggled in the early stages of this season. Um, I think he's got a you know I think he's got a 
bright future ahead of him. But I, I don't think the Flames have the luxury of time right now with Wolf, and I know everybody wants to see him, but th- there's no need to rush. I think they're going to try to get him some games in the NHL this year, um, and I think they're going to try to see if they can give him that little bit of a reward for how good he's been in the American League. But I also think they want him to play, and they don't they don't want him to be – sitting for long periods of time either. So, yeah, I typically – just let me wrap up the thought, and then I, yeah, typically, I typically subscribe to your line of thinking, and so um, I, I'm in agreement with you for the most part. Yeah, what's he, 22 years old? I yep, mean, it's <laughs> hardly the end of the world. You look at a guy like Aiden Hill that was, uh, you know, played 120 games in the, in the minors, then he uh, was, you know – took a long time to find the game and the right team and then uh, you get to 25 26 27 and that's their prime so uh, lots of time for him but uh, all right good win tonight and uh, good loss for the Oilers have a great night thank you Kev have a great night yourself man appreciate the call and let's say hello to Parsons to wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game show what's up Pars? hey buddy how's your night going all right how about yours it's good it's good uh, it's nice to get the W um, it was good to you know, see a little bit of pushback. You know, as the game went through, they, they got a little bit stronger, and uh, it was good to seal it off. So that was a nice character win. I like it. And it was good to see Vladar, you know, kind of get stronger as things went along. I thought that fourth line um, was really good. Again, um, I mentioned before, I think, yeah, I think I mentioned it before that I didn't know where Sharon Govich was going to fit on this team, but it it kind of looks like he's found a home there. For now, definitely. Sure. And and I know that there's a you know, there's there's a feel that, you know, it would be better to have the guy that, you know, the the piece that came back for Toffoli and that got signed to a two-year deal at whatever 6 million or whatever it is that, you know, it'd be good to have him playing further up the lineup and I I get that. Um but right now, that that is the best fit for him right now, if you ask me. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I think I mentioned this last year or the year before about fourth lines. I, I wish we would kind of reimagine them a little bit more in terms of, you know, the traditional bump and grinder kind of uh, to a more speed, youth, um, different angles to it type of situation. And, you know, I think uh, all three of those guys bring a little something different to that line, which is something I definitely like. So, yeah, good for them. It's um, uh, What have you been making of Mangiapane's, um not so much on the score sheet, but his play in general in terms of defensively, his, his being on the puck, his feistiness so far? I really liked it in the first couple of games. Maybe not as noticeable tonight, but generally I've, I've been pretty okay with his game and, and his start. Okay. Okay. Actually. And I thought, I thought the first two games of the year was one of their best players and, um, and mm-hmm. I thought he was fine against Washington. Didn't it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was bad tonight, but wasn't yeah, as yeah. impactful tonight. So I, I actually think he's been quite good to start the year. Okay. Perfect. Um, and then I got a question about a couple of players. Uh, last caller just, brought up one of them I wanted to ask you about was Hannafin. Mm-hmm. So, and I wanted to ask, like, where are we at with this guy? Because, you know, uh, from my understanding, he, you know, chances were really, really good, actually, that, you know, he's 
you know, 80% like not going to resign. He'd rather play in the States. And then all of a sudden the winds of change came in and all of a sudden he's kind of open to signing. So is there any more intel on that? Because I think the, I think the, the intel would be, as I understand it is that he never told them he wasn't going to sign period. He said, I I was not going to sign, not going to sign this summer and that, We'll see what happens. And that was always the word, but the feel has been and the intel has been that, uh, you know, being in the States is is preferable. So there's a – it still feels like there's a better chance than not that he doesn't re-sign with the Flames, which is his right. That's not a guarantee, though, and I do think the door is still open, but I think there's a better chance that Lindholm re-signs than Hannafin does. How's that? Okay. Um yeah, and I was going to ask you about him too, but um, let's say, okay, let's say hypothetically, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you about Hannafin. I mean, I, I like him, you know, fairly decently. I don't know if he's my one of my favorite defensemen uh, as being on the defensive end of the puck. Um, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit biased on it, but I, I do think he gives up the puck quite a bit. What do you think his actual worth is? Because he's he, like, this is what scares me about keeping him or not signing him or not doing anything about it at the moment. Because what do you think he's worth if, if he was to re-sign? And what are you willing to pay for this guy? Well, what do I think he's worth in a trade? Or what do I think he's worth? No, uh, let's, say, let's say, okay, they want to they get to the table. Now, knowing that he has, you know, decent offensive upside, he's a very good puck-moving guy. Um, he can be a defensive liability a lot. Um, what do you th- like? He's making what four point seven five or something like that? I think. Yeah, he's just he's just under five. Um, so just under five. So yeah. obviously he's going to be looking for some sort of a raise, and which he deserve. That- like I think he's probably in the seven and a half range, seven and a half to eight range, just off, just off the top of my head, is probably what you'd be talking about for for Hannafin. His age, the amount of UFA years you'd be buying, which would be all of them, um, the uh, amount that he plays, his skating, his offense, like I. I that's kind of the going rate, even even with some defensive shortcomings. That's kind of the the going rate for a guy like that these days. I just on a personal level, I would feel uncomfortable paying him that kind of wage. Um, but that's just me. Like like I said, he's he's kind of like my Brody. You know what I mean? He's like my new Brody. Um, I like him sometimes. Sometimes I don't like him. It's kind of back and forth. But anyways, uh, okay. I just wanted to get your thoughts on him. I just, I don't like these balls up in the air like this because we're going to get caught somewhere where either someone's going to get injured or, you know, we're going to get, you know, left holding the bag, you know, by, uh, I don't think they're going to get left holding the bag. Yeah. I do think that they will, if they don't resign, if these guys aren't signed approaching the trade deadline, I think they'll get traded. I just I think he should be used to like let's try to find a hockey trade where we can get a legit right winger. Um, anyways, uh, enough of him. Um, Lindholm. There's been a, a deal tabled for quite some time, from what I understand, 
and he's had, quote-unquote, some demands. Do we know what exactly these demands are, and what are we waiting for? And I do not. Why- I know that there's been a deal on the table for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it's been in the eight times nine range for some time. Um, I don't know what's holding it up. I don't know if it's bonus structure. I don't know if it's wants more money. Uh, I don't know if it's, um, you know, clauses. I, I don't I don't know. Um I don't know what the holdup is, but I do know there's been a, a, a sizable offer on the table going back to the summertime. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. Well, I mean, either or. Um, maybe they play it out until the trade, trade deadline. What scares me is if we're in a position and we end up not trading them, then they walk, or one of them gets well, hurt. That, or... So there's your, there's your first real big test for Craig Conroy. Right, mm-hmm. and then we'll yeah. and and I my belief is Conroy will do the right thing for the organization, which I believe would be to trade them. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my belief. I don't. I can't sit here and tell you for sure he will, but my belief is that he will. And you know, and all things being considered, the trade deadline is probably at this point the best time to trade him because he usually get the most back, um, unless it's like a NHL trade, but. Um, Okay, I just wanted to ask about those uh, couple of guys there, Pat. Uh, yeah, and we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out here. It's uh, this is an, uh, this is what they wanted to avoid, but mm-hmm. they're in this spot, and we'll see how they handle it. Good to hear from you, Pars. Yeah, same here, brother. You have a good night. You too, man. Talk soon. That'll do it on the phone lines tonight. Great stuff on the phone lines as always. We'll do it all over again on Friday night following the Flames and the Blue Jackets as we start to wind things down on your Flames Talk postgame show. Thanks for being with us. Pat Steinberg along with you. Final summary time. Uh, here's how this one went tonight as the Flames never trailed. They opened the scoring 49 seconds in on a Jonathan Huberdeau goal. Huberdeau's second of the year from Elias Lindholm and Rasmus Anderson and it made a one nothing Calgary. Sabres tied it like they did a number of times on this evening. Eric Johnson draws them even at 1-1 with his first of the year and first as a member of the Sabres. Johnson from Rasmus Dahlien and Kyle Opozo at 6.06 and it was 1-1. Walker Dewar puts the Flames back out in front though at 10.15 of the first period. Dewar's first of the year from A.J. Greer and Yegor Sharangovich for both Greer and Sharangovich, their first points as members of the Flames, and it was 2-1 Calgary. But again, Buffalo ties on a Tage Thompson power play goal. Thompson picks up his first of the year from Dylan Cousins and Rasmus Dahlin at 14-28. We had a 2-2 tie after 20 minutes of play. No scoring in the second, so off to the third we go as the Flames retake the lead once again. Blake Coleman makes it 3-2 early on. Uh, one fifty-two time of Coleman's first of the year. Matt Coronado with the assist, his first NHL assist, and Buffalo product Dennis Gilbert picks up the second assist and he started the whole thing and the Flames led 3-2. But 82 seconds later, Sabres tie. J.J. Paterka's second of the year from Dylan Cousins and Henry Yokiharyu at 3:14. We had a 3-3 tie. But 91 seconds after that, 
Adam Rizicka puts the Flames back out in front, and this time for good. Rizicka scores the eventual game winner with his second of the year. Nazem Kadri and Dylan Dubé pick up the assist at 435, makes it 4-3. That would end up being your final score as the Flames close out the rest of the third period. Final shots were 37-27 in favor of the Flames. Calgary goes 0 for 5 on the power play. Buffalo 1 for 5 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight, number three, Dylan Cousins, number two, Jonathan Huberdeau, and number one, Adam Ruzicka with the win. Calgary improves to 2-1-1. One one. They're back in action tomorrow on the road in Columbus while Buffalo falls to 1-3-0. and They're back in action Saturday at home to the New York Islanders. That's your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producers, Shan Vergy and Cam Hughes, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up on your Flames Talk postgame show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for Calgary, Friday night in Columbus, second half of the back-to-back, 5 o'clock face saw 4 o'clock warm-up right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday or whenever you're listening to this Flames Talk postgame. Final score from Buffalo tonight, Flames 4, Sabres 3. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.